All right. Well, as many of you know, um, whenever we happen upon a fifth Sunday of the month, which happens about four times a year, uh, we do something a little different. We switch it up. And uh, I got to just tell you, um, over the years, as we've done this routinely uh, for many years now, I have personally been so blessed and encouraged uh, to hear from all of you. Uh, now, it's not just, you know, you might think, well, of course, you know, you get a Sunday off. You don't have to preach, right? Um, and yeah, that's nice, too. That's a bonus. But honestly, um, it's more than that, right? I'm blessed because it's always fun and fulfilling and rewarding to see how the Spirit of God orchestrates what gets shared and to hear um, different people talk about the work of God in their lives. So, I wanted to share with you uh, just a brief invitation before we open up the microphone here this morning and, and um, share some God stories with one another. Uh, it comes to us from the Psalms. If you would put that up for me, please. Oh, where'd my... Um, thank you, Matthew. There we go. Next slide. Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2. Listen to this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. That's a familiar refrain. There are several songs we sing that, um, that capitalize on those words. And then this next verse, verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And so there are a couple things there that I want you to just focus on with me uh, by way of invitation this morning. Number one is to give thanks, right, uh, because of the goodness of God. That's part of what this time together is about on the fifth Sunday. As we invite people to share how God's at work in their lives, we are giving thanks. We are acknowledging the one whose goodness is on display in and through our lives. Um, so that's, that's fundamental to what we're aiming for here this morning. But then secondarily, I love this phrase in verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, right? Um, that... That verse is an encouragement, if not a command, that those of us who've been redeemed, those of us who've been touched, those of, those of us who've been blessed, those of us who've been saved, would be willing to talk about it, be willing to share that with others. And uh, really, all of us have been redeemed in one way or the other from the hand of the enemy. All of us have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And that means fundamentally, according to this verse, that all of us have a story to tell. Now, obviously, the story can go all the way back to your conversion, the, the day or the, uh, the time when you came to faith in the first place. But I think the redemption of God at work in our lives continues daily. And there are experiences that we have by the Holy Spirit that are a part of our redemption in Christ. They're a demonstration of God's faithfulness, a demonstration of God's power, a demonstration of God's love and grace at work in our lives. So the proclamation of the psalmist here, the declaration of the psalmist is that we would speak freely and boldly about the ways in which we've experienced the redemptive power of God at work in our lives. Amen. I hope that's an encouraging invitation to you this morning. Um, lastly, just a brief word of instruction. Um, we do record our God stories and post them up on the website along with all of our messages. So when you share, 
Um, if you don't want to hold the mic, you can leave it here in the stand, but then just make sure you stand close enough to it so that it can actually pick up what you're saying. Or if you want to hold it, that's all right too, but just, again, make sure that you hold it close enough so that it works. And by way of demonstration, I'll show you that if you hold it down here, it doesn't really work very well, right? You have, right. You have to hold it right up here. Or if you're more comfortable, you can leave it right there. All right. Well, I did not ask anyone to get the ball rolling this morning, but if you are ready to share something that God's done in your life, come on up. Good morning. <laughs> um, okay, so we've been talking about this year about having a two-minute testimony, and I've been trying to work on that. So in the meantime, you know, in my prayer time, I said, well, Lord, don't let me miss an opportunity. We don't always know what the opportunity is going to look like. So uh, this past week, I've uh, been going to doctors, having batteries of tests. And so I went to my regular doctor. And so she was doing her routine thing. And she said, would you pardon me because the Medicare people want me to fill out this long form. So she proceeded to ask me a lot of historical questions. And so she got to the part and she says, well, you know, when did you have your, you know, your last monthly cycle? And I says, well, I was in my late 40s. And she says, oh, okay, so you don't have your uterus anymore. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I have my uterus. Uh, and I says, uh, when they asked me that question that particular day, I says, I'm not giving up body parts, <laughs> okay? So now I was in a lot of trouble back then. So she stopped filling out her documents, and she got puzzled, and she asked me the question again, because the numbers didn't add up, you know. That's not, you know, the average time when you would have a change in life. There has to be some explanation. And, and I will fill you in. She had medical records. I'll just fill you in a little bit. When I was 38, I was diagnosed with three fibroid tumors. And I began to very, have a very difficult time every month. And probably over eight-year period, it got worse and worse. And me being a woman of prayer, a little bit stubborn, and a little bit fearful of allopathic medicine, a lot of things was go going on. And they were trying to think of some solutions and then um, to help me because what was happening, I was having extended cycles. And it became worse and worse until I became very anemic. They wanted to give me blood transfusions, and they tried all the, all the different things. We'll give, we'll give you the shot and put things off for three months. Nothing ever worked. So now, by this time, I had reached the age of like mm, 47 or so, and they says, well, we don't know what else to do, and you don't want to take a patch, and you don't want to do this. And so they sent me to the specialist, and they looked at everything, and they says, well, we have reached the point that we need to do a hysterectomy. And that's, and, and that's where the testimony came in with the doctor when she asked me if I had still had my female parts. And I said, yeah, I still have them. And, and, and when I told her, they asked me when I wanted to set it up. And I said, no, I didn't want to, that I just wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't giving up my female parts. And so they looked at me and she said, well, when you're ready, let us know. So I, you know, I had went home and I prayed, I said, Lord, you know I am in trouble. I've been going through this a long time. I sat in the doctor's office. They said, you, you need a blood transfusion right now. 
So you can imagine what I was going through and what I was suffering through, and I was praying and praying. So, you know, I prayed, and I said, Lord, I really need you to do something for me and and heal me because, you know, I don't want to do what they're telling me to do. And so um, I I went to church, and that day there was a guest that came in from out of town, and, and they preached and taught on healing, and, you know, they had a gift of healing. But they preached so long that, the service was, it was only 10 minutes left to the service, and they hadn't prayed. So they said, okay, you know, I can't lay hands on everybody, so just stand to your feet. Whatever it is that you got going on that you need God to do for you, lay your hands on that part if you can, and, and you pray. And you, you know. And so I had to figure out between all of what I was going to pray. So I decided, okay, you know, what do I have faith to believe for? So I prayed, God. Take away my monthly cycle. Okay. So even though there were fibroids there, I knew the danger was, you know, we can have some more time to heal from that, but the danger is I was bleeding to death, you know. So, uh, from, from, so okay, so I just want to fill you in on that. So back to the doctor's office. So by the time I made the comment, she stopped filling up her form, and she pulled her little stool over. Now, here is the interesting thing. My doctor is an Indian doctor from India. And I went to her because I thought, you know, kind of being afraid of allopathic medicine, that she was going to give me a bunch of remedies and let me take some herbs and let me do some things. And she told me, look at Missy, I am an allopathic doctor and I don't do that. And she didn't appreciate any of the other doctors let me take supplements in place of hard medication. And so uh, when I... Uh, uh, you know, told her, so I told her, I says, well, I went to church, I laid my hands on my part, and I asked God to just take away my monthly cycle, and I have never had a cycle after that, never, <laughs> okay, now the fibroids were still there, but I was out of immediate danger, and she looked, she said, what, she said, hmm, I guess you were just lucky that day, and I says, well, I call it, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> So she smiled at me and, and continued to fill her paperwork out. But, you know, I just thank God for being able to share that. I, it took me off guard when she pulled up her seat to want to know what my testimony was, is, is how are you here? How are you telling me this? She knew what my records had said about the five boys. So I just thank God for an opportunity to share. The word says that some plant, some water, but God is the one that gives the increase. So I just pray God would just give an increase to that testimony in her heart. Amen. <laughs> well, I think I can follow up on that with, I think the main theme there was like divine encounters. So um, that's kind of what pastor's been talking about, being ready in season and out, sort of, even though I didn't maybe say those specific words, but... We were at the one thing at, uh, between Christmas and New Year's. Um, that was awesome. I mean, that was awesome. They made the, that made the whole year worthwhile for me. Um, they, had, they did it differently than they've ever done. They didn't have specific speakers for each session. They had three sessions a day, except the first was two because we, we didn't start till noon. And um, they did it completely different. They, they just literally laid it all before the Lord, and they allowed the Holy Spirit to guide and direct every session they had. And uh, in the morning when I was praying in my quiet time, the Lord, the first day, he put two people on my heart, and I didn't know why, so I just prayed for them. But then at the first session, that person, one of them sat right next to me, 
And then what the Holy Spirit brought forth in the message spoke to that person really powerfully. And so they opened up, and I was able to pray for them. It was really powerful. Well, then in the second session in the evening, the second person that he had put in my heart in the morning came and sat by me. And so I'm not doing anything here. I'm just existing. And they came and sat by me, and same thing. The message had everything to do with what things that were going on in their life, and then I was able to pray for that person. It was really powerful. Well, that happened every single day for six days. Every morning, the Lord would put three people on my heart. I'd pray for them, and then I did nothing. I stayed in the same place. They were sitting over there or over there before. They came and sat right next to me, and every single session had something to do with something that was going on in their life, and they opened up, and I was able to pray for them. And then... Um, but when I got back, I, so I, I kept praying for that, Lord, divine encounters every day like that. And so, like, I do driver's ed. Some of you know that I do uh, high school students, but also lately I've been doing more adults because uh, it's kind of a low time for high school students during the cold weather. Anyway, so I've been praying that every morning now for those divine encounters. And I think that's kind of what Kevin's talking about is being prepared, being ready all the time because, and I would encourage you to pray the same thing, maybe in just five minutes, just ask the Lord to set up those divine encounters, supernatural encounters throughout your day, and then believe and trust for him to do that. He will orchestrate them. He will do the work. Uh, we really just need to be available, allow the Holy Spirit to use us, and alert, a little bit alert too. So like when I'm driving with adults, I got like two adults I'm driving with now, just in our normal conversation, I'm not doing anything. It's just we're talking about things that in their lives that lead right into something maybe God showed me in my quiet time that morning. And I just, without even thinking about it, pretty soon I'm sharing about Jesus with them. And they're, because it had everything to do with what we were already talking about, it's the most natural thing in the world. I mean, it just flows right in. They're very receptive. They're wide open. It's not like I'm trying to push something on them that they don't want to hear. It had everything to do with what was going on before that. And so I think um, I would encourage you, because he's been doing this a lot lately for me in my life. And in fact, I'm really excited about it. I'm very, it, it, I don't know, it's very, it really feeds you. Just like Jesus when he, at the well when he was tired and thirsty and they went to get food and then he had the encounter with the woman in the well. They came back. He ministered to the woman. I was talking with um, Kent about this this morning that, God fed him because he came back and said, I have food to eat that you know not of. He wasn't even hungry anymore because he had allowed God, his power, his grace, his glory to flow through him to minister to this woman. He, he, God filled him up too. And so, um, you know, the scripture says, do not muzzle the ox while he's treading out the grain. And the reason for that is so that the, the oxen can eat his fill of the grain that he's treading out so he can keep doing what he needs to do, what he's been called to do. And so I would encourage you to pray these, for these divine encounters and allow God to use you in the way. Be alert, just be alert, and, um, and let him use you in this way. And you will discover that he will fill you up too. And pretty soon, it's just you get a hunger for it, and you're like really looking forward to it. So it's been really exciting for me um, since then. So I just want to share that with everybody. Hopefully that's an encouragement. Um, well, I am taking a class at Hazlitt. It's first hour, and it's like my first time ever doing that because I'm homeschooled. Um, and I'm surrounded by like a wonderful group of homeschool kids that all know the Lord and just really serve him, and it's awesome. And I feel very blessed, but there's been like many occasions where 
I've thought, um, I have a huge heart for kids my age and younger kids who don't know the Lord. And so I've thought so many times, like, man, like, if I went to a public school, I wonder how many more, like, opportunities I would have to, like, share my faith and speak out. So anyway, now I'm going to first start Hazlitt, um, and I'm in a bit of a bummer class um, that I didn't really realize was going to be how it was. It's global issues. Um, but what I didn't realize is that this class is filled with, like, a bunch of seniors that have, like, senioritis, like, big time, and, like, then a bunch of other students that are probably flunking all of the classes they're taking, um, because I just, I don't know, but we'll go in there some days, and our teacher's, like, super laxed, and so sometimes, like, we'll walk in, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, we're not gonna really do anything today, like, and he'll, like, help one other senior, like, with their fast for the whole class, and so I'll just, like, sit there, and it's, like, 7.45, and I'm like, I could be sleeping. Anyway, so I went to this class, and it was last week. Um, and I was like, oh, here we go again. I'm pretty sure it was a Monday. Um, and I walked in, and there was like maybe like four kids that came that day. There was like four kids in the class. And so he like had planned like out a lesson, but he kind of told us, he was like, there's not enough kids here, so like I'm not going to do the lesson. Um, so we we're all like, okay. Like, so like everyone gets out their phone. We just like sit there for an hour. Um, so anyway, if you have to use the bathroom, you take this huge like wooden block with like everyone's name on it who he's ever had like for years, and it's like your hallway pass. So if you have the block, you can like leave the class. So I was like, I'm leaving. Like I'm gonna go do something. So I like took the block and I was like, this is so dumb. So I like walked out in the hallway, and I was like, oh, I'll go to the bathroom. And so there's like some girls in the bathroom a lot of times at Hazlitt that will just like skip their classes anyway and be in there and vape um the whole hour however long they do it so I was like I'm gonna go like talk to these girls and like see if they're there because God is good and I don't have anything better to do and so I went there and they weren't there and I was like ah oh, darn like I wish they were um and so I was just like washing my hands and then like this girl walks in and she, like, wasn't using the bathroom. She just kind of stood there and was, like, doing her hair and stuff. And I was like, all right, Lord, like, here we go. And I was like, hey, like, I'm Sophia. What's your name? I kind of introduced myself, and we were, like, talking for a little while. Um, and then she asked me, like, what grade I was in. I was like, I'm a junior. And she's like, what do you want to do? And, like, isn't that just, like, the coolest question ever? Because when you ask a Christian, like, what they want to do, like, once they're done with high school or, like, just in their life if they're older, like, you can't leave God out of it. Like, if you're a Christian, then, like, no matter if you're going to be, like, a doctor or, like, a nurse or something, like, Christ is in your life and you have a future to share. So I was like, that's totally the Lord. So I looked at her and I was like, well, honestly, I really don't know what I want to do. I don't really have a plan. I don't know if I'm going to college I really have no idea, but one thing that is really on my heart is I would love to go to Africa, and just because I believe in a God who died on the cross for me and took away my sins, um, I believe that he's coming back, and people just need to know that they are covered in love and covered by grace, um, by Jesus, and she looked at me, and she was like, wow, that's, that's really cool, so we talked a little more, and she told me that she used to go to church, and then she kind of just fell away from it and doesn't really go anymore, and she kind of, like, grew out of it in a way. Um, I invited her to our church. She might come sometime. Um, but she was like, here, I'll, like, take your number, and I'll text you. And, you know, when people say that, it's like, what are the odds that they'll actually text you, you know? Like, sometimes they'll just, like, I'll get back to you, but they never really do. Anyway, the next day she texted me, and she was like, hey, Sophia, like, I loved talking to you, like, last Monday, and, like, 
we've been texting ever since. So praise the Lord. So sometimes we need to just pause with the storytelling and pray. And uh, my sense is this is one of those moments. What's your friend's name? Skylar. Skylar. All right, would you join me as we pray for Skylar? Lord, thank you for this opportunity that you've given to Sophia. Thank you for her courage and boldness, Lord, to step in to that opportunity and to open her mouth on your behalf to speak for you and of you. And so, Lord, we pray together right now for Skylar. God, we pray that you would uh, make yourself known to her and that Sophie, Lord, would, would demonstrate what it means to be a friend in Christ, that she would represent Jesus not just speak of him, but Lord, that um, somehow, God, you would give Sophia the opportunity to, um, to act um, in a loving way, in a gracious way, in a kind way, in a way that, that literally represents you, and that Skylar would see that and feel that and respond to it, Lord. Um, God, we understand from this story that she's um, not unfamiliar with church, maybe uh, has fallen away. Uh, God, we pray that you would restore her, Lord, as you did with the prodigal son, Lord. I pray that you, that you would turn things around for her and bring her back into the flock of your people. And so we just lift her up. We trust her in your hands, and we pray, Lord, that you would bless Sophia as she continues to step in to this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is about <clears throat> a little encounter that happened recently on our way home from Florida. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> we drive back, and it takes two and a half days. But we were on our final day last weekend, and um, suddenly God, who directs our path, said, um, maybe we should stop off and see Kyria and surprise her. We didn't tell her that we were coming home, in time for her senior art show last weekend, so we thought this would be a good day. We could just stop in and surprise her. And so um, as we drove a little bit farther, Ron said to me, maybe you should check on your phone and see she might be at a track meet today. So we looked, and sure enough, she was in uh, Marion, Ohio, or no, Marion, Indiana, at a track meet at at Indiana Wesleyan University. So we said, well, we're in Indiana. Uh, and lo and behold, the next exit was, was Marion, Indiana. And so we got off and um, found our way to the university. And then the next thing was to find the track and see if Curia was there. We didn't know for sure, but we thought she, she probably was, and so we um, parked our car, found the track, and got off and walked to the, the tent for Spring Arbor University and uh, asked a few people, is Curie here today? Yes, they said she's here. We think she's, um, she just ran a race and she's probably doing her cool down. So we waited a few minutes and talked to a few people, including the coach, and. He was very happy with her race, and he, he said, uh, she'll be here soon. So we 
waited a minute, and sure enough, there she walked up, and she was shocked to see us. <laughs> and we were very blessed to be able to um, just give her hugs and talk to her about her race and take her out for lunch and enjoy fellowship with our dear granddaughter. I have uh, one update for the person that we prayed for with the front end loader that basically crushed his legs. So he had gotten better, and uh, a bunch of us from the OR went up to see him. And his wife, who was pregnant, um, he's doing great. I had a chance to pray with him to his shock. And uh, I said to him, I said, you know, you're a miracle. Don't let this go to waste because God has spared your life. He's given you another chance to do something for him. And so I asked him, do you go to church anywhere? No, we used to go to some church out in Eaton Rapids. I said, well, maybe you might want to start going again. Because God doesn't give opportunities like this to everybody or allows opportunities like this to everybody. So I prayed with him, and uh, hopefully God is working in his life. That was the end of that. But it's good news. The little nine-year-old is perfectly fine. That's something that is a complete miracle. Uh, As I mentioned before, the child had open-heart massage. You usually don't live from that. Uh, They had to shock him a couple times. But through all of that, he's better. He's back to school. I mean, that is a... He rose from the grave. I mean, that, that's basically what happened to this child. And God says, I'm not done with you yet. One of the nurses that I know uh, still keeps in touch with this family, and they're doing well. So another thing I, w- I wanted to share a couple weeks ago about an incident that happened in this area. There were two horrific accidents, one where a guy was taking his kids back to his mother. I don't know if he'd been drinking or not but he lost control in the expressway because he was being impatient. The car flipped around, and the rear end smashed into a tree, killed both the children. The other accident was with a drunk driver who crossed the median, ran head-on into a car, and killed the mom. The three-year-old was in a coma, and the father was in a coma as well. The three-year-old was declared brain dead. So they called the Oregon team in to a procurement. And we did something at Sparrow and EOR that we have never done. I think it's called the Walk of Life, where everybody in the EOR lined up in the hallway as this child was wheeled into the EOR to start the procedures of taking organs and stuff like that. And the family was behind them. And uh, it was touching to be able to hug them and to tell them that we love them, that we care for them, and that we are here for them. Uh, That was tough. Uh, It's something that you don't experience every day, and I hope, I don't like experiencing it. Let's just put it that way. The, um, One of the things that I started in the OR recently was to start praying before we start the day. And the amount of people that come is growing 
they hear about, oh, I, I heard you're having this prayer session thing. Yeah, come on in. So we pray. And there have been times where people have come in with back pain where they can't really work that day. And I prayed, well, we all prayed for them. And it went away in an hour, just like I asked God to do. Uh, things are on the move. We pray that God will overcome the darkness, which he will, just like in the song. There's no shadow he won't light up, no mountain he won't climb up to come after me. And it's nice to see, not that I didn't believe, but it's nice to see things happen. And, you know, with the whole incidents with the Sparrow new CEO that got himself in a little bit of problems, it was tough that week. You know, the accidents, the CEO, it's like, what more, Lord? <laughs> but God's working, and he's, he's good all the time, regardless of two kids die, even, you know, well, three it's tough in the fact, the only thing that I have to go on is except for the fact that they are in heaven with him. To me, that's sad because they're not here, but at the same time, there's rejoicing in heaven because these children are going to be taken out of the circumstances that may have been. So that's just a little report of Sparrow. It's, uh, it's changing. God's moving. Uh, Lindsay, my wife, has opportunities to pray with patients that, that would like it. And, you know, I, my prayer for that hospital, or with any hospital or any organization, that God would flip it upside down. Just turn it upside down for Jesus. And I prayed that there be a revival in that place because I think that's the only way things are going to get better. When we take ourselves off the circumstances and the oppression that happens a lot of times in a lot of places of employment God flips that around and it helps people realize there's more to just going to work it's about proclaiming the name of the one who sits on the throne so sure Lord thank you for Eric uh, thank you for the, the great testimony of um, two people healed uh, we give you the honor and the credit, Lord. Um, sometimes doctors do what they can do, and, and they come to the end of their abilities, and things are in your hands. And so, Lord, we're thankful that there are people like Eric um, present and ready and willing to pray and to ask you to move in power. And I'm just so encouraged, Lord, by... Eric's boldness uh, to represent you at Sparrow Hospital, um, really to be like a missionary um, in that place, to that, to that um, place of caring, place of healing. Um, Lord, what's a place of healing without you, without your presence? You are the great physician, the greatest physician. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you would just continue to give Eric these opportunities. I pray, Lord, that you would... Um, Day by day, Lord, continue to draw people to this prayer meeting that he started, and I bless him, Lord. I thank you for his, his courage, his faith, his, um, his focus, Lord, on serving you and seeking you in the midst of his job. And I pray, Lord, that that would be true for, for many of us, Lord, that in whatever place of employment we find ourselves, God, that we would be ready and willing to represent you boldly. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you Hi, my name is Michaela. I don't know if everyone knows me, but hi. I wasn't planning on coming up here, but um, Becca sent me a text and she just said, just do it with no context. So here I am. Um, I'm in the show that's coming up. Oh, for good reasons, good reasons. Yes, exactly. I saw it. So that's why I'm up here. Um, I'm in the play that's coming up this weekend, um, Beauty and the Beast. I'm a senior, and this is my last year, so it's kind of um, bittersweet for me. But this is like my first big-ish role in it. I play Babette, which is like the main feather duster who like is Lumiere's love interest. And she's kind of a wacky and twisted character, so it's been an interesting ride getting to know her. Um, <laughs> But the, I think she was given to me for a reason because the directors have gone so much and they like, when casting people, they pray about the roles that they're giving people and then they, like I got Mrs. Pletcher, who is our um, assistant director. Uh, she said that God poured on her heart and she felt like that she just needed to cast me as Babette because it would help me so much in my walk with God, and I feel like that's been true because I've learned so much about myself through learning about this character, and I feel like that's just such a big blessing, and also HPA has just been a big blessing in my life because it's, for me, I've discovered my passion and what I've loved to do through it, so I just wanted to say how thankful I am for that, and it's my last year, so going out with a bang. <laughs> so come see the show next week and the week after. Hello. So my name is Victor. Hello. Hope most of you know me. Um, so the recently, I mean, you know, I've been working on uh, medical device development for the last few years, and so the one good news uh, last week was the patent got issued for that de device. Uh, it's, a <coughs> it's a huge blessing. <coughs> it could be some something, just a you know, just a protection or a. a or attraction for the investor investment for the people in this field, but for me it's like a thing that I can I cannot even imagine that I can do because it's it's not my skills, all God's blessing and His guidance. So over the past few months, I was also thinking about my personal testimony. Uh, Pastor Kevin was you know pushing us to think about it. So I didn't have any story, but when I think that. How I came to Christ. I grew up in a family that, in Sri Lanka, my mom was a strong believer in Hinduism, and my dad was not following anything, any religion, but he was like neutral. And I grew up in a country where the civil war was going on. Even before I was born, it was war was going on, and even after until I was 25, I think, the war was severe on our country. So until I was nine, I was comfortable compared with other families, no problem. Then we started uh, getting the war close by, and we had, we had to move. For the next seven years, I was nine, from nine to 16, we were moving different, different places. Um, it was tough life. Um, we had to live in refugee camps. 
sometime we had to live in a somebody related to our family in, in their house or we will get a one room from them and just like moving one place to one place sometimes there was no school sometimes there will be school under the tree and finally we came to a place in the capital of sri lanka that my father side family my aunt uh, she was a christian and we were we were like family of six i am the oldest i have three other siblings and we all live in a small room that was our life uh, my father was a businessman but you know over the time he also seven years we had to move and all we lost all our financials so <coughs> the life was tough so that's where my mom and sister started going to church with my aunt i was still not believing in christ and even my family was thinking that they can send me to they, they would send me to europe or somewhere like illegally by a boat or something then at least i can take care of the family or i can serve my life so i was doing my high school that time um sometime you know not only just financial we don't know what we'll get for tomorrow's food sometime you know the people will bring rice okay i can eat it eat then my father also had you know a lot of business uh, financial issues he also became alcoholic sometime there will be when i come from home from school there will be fights and arguments lot of problems no peace so th- during this time i started you know hearing about christ from my mom my aunt so it was like a process i would say that i became christian but one day i remember when i came home it was so much mess then i went to church and nearby i kneeled down and remember by crying lord my future is like blank we don't know what's going to happen house is met mess life is mess that's what i remember over the time god has changed everything it's not our plan or our family's plan worked out but god's plan so i will see a, a, a small light in front of me that's the path god is giving me the direction then god will take me to the next step that's far <coughs> that's what this bad has been until now thank you for the all the all the blessings that god has given thank you um <clears throat> so i just wanted to today share a couple of stories one is from 3 years ago when i started when i graduated college and then one is just from this past year and <clears throat> just kind of highlighting how god has guided me in different directions in life and hopefully it can be an encouragement just um you know like you said just the spirit guides kind of right in front of us and um and he does that in a lot of different ways too so um 3 years ago i graduated or a little bit over 3 years ago i graduated um from college in the middle of the year in december and my i went to school in grand rapids so i'd hope to stay in grand rapids and maybe sub around there and look for a job there um and so that was my plan i was home for you know my break before i tried to find a place to stay in grand rapids and i was staying at my mom's house and i while i was home i was i went to a big b and i ran into the german teacher from the high school that i went to in grand ledge and 
she said, you know, there might be a Spanish long-term um, Spanish subbing job opening up pretty soon. And I said, oh, interesting. Um, I'm planning to go back to Grand Rapids, though, but thank you for letting me know. And then a little bit later, um, probably within a week, I got an email from the ESL teacher at the high school, and she said, hey, there might be a long-term subbing job opening up for Spanish pretty soon. And I emailed her back and said, thanks for letting me know, but I'm going back to Grand Rapids. And then um, I was going to a church in Grand Ledge at that time, and someone from the church called my mom up, and she said, hey, my, I think this is the next thing that happened, yeah, hey, my mom's, or my daughter's Spanish teacher disappeared today, and I thought about Anna, and I, and my mom told her, oh, thank you, we've actually already heard about it, and Anna's planning to go to Grand Rapids, and that was the end of that, and then um, the next day, the high school office called me and asked if I would be interested in long-term subbing position for Spanish, and at that point, I finally said, oh, maybe God's trying to tell me something. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, I was really dead set on my plans, and so God kind of had to really turn me around to make me realize what he's doing. And then even after that, I, you know, I asked him to confirm through his word, through his people and his spirit. And in that one night, he did all of those things through some conversations with um, other believers in time reading his word and, um, and through his spirit. So the next day I went in and interviewed, and then I started the next Wednesday. Um, so that's how I ended up coming you know, to where I am now teaching in Grand Ledge. And, and of course, God doesn't always guide that way, but sometimes he makes things pretty obvious, especially when you're dead set on something else. Um, so now the, the second story is um, this past year, I, so some of you know that I studied abroad in Ecuador while I was in college. And I, while I was there, I was living in Quito, but we went to the jungle a couple of times to a school there and did a couple of work projects and so I received their newsletters ever since um, I got back. I don't actually look at them almost ever, but last fall I opened up one of the emails and was looking over it, and I noticed under their needs that they needed an English teacher for this next year because they were losing um, the one that had been there for the past two years. And so I thought, hmm, that's interesting. My minor is in teaching English as a second language and going into college that was something that I hoped to do possibly in another country. So that things like that always catch my eye. Um, and then the next month I looked and saw the same um, you know, prayer request for finding an English teacher on their newsletter. And at that point I said, you know, here's um, a need in God's kingdom. I am a teacher. This is something that I'm interested in. Maybe I'll pursue this. Now, it took quite a while for me to actually like get around to filling out the application and um, thinking more seriously about it, but I think even at that point, um, even though God didn't like do some crazy, you know, calling me to look into this position, it just felt like this was what I was going to be doing next, or what I I needed to, um, I don't know, be willing to do. And so, anyway, I went through the process, and as some of you know, but not all, I you know applied for the position, and I interviewed, well, I talked to um, the director and the English teacher that that's there now over this past Christmas break, and at the beginning of January, committed to go down, starting in August for the next two years, to teach English in Ecuador. So, um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of times when people make bigger moves like that, they say, you know, I felt called to, and in a way, I didn't feel like there was a strong calling, but it just seemed clear that, like, again, here's a need in God's kingdom. This is something that um, he has equipped me for by giving me some experience and also um, something that he's given me a desire to do. And so that was, I think, his guiding in that. 
So anyway, I just wanted to share those two things. Yeah. We need to pray for Anna. Yeah, join me. Thanks. So obviously this is uh, a little bittersweet for us because we love you and we love having you around, uh, but we want to support you wholeheartedly and bless you as you head off in obedience to the Lord. So let's pray um, and uh, just commit Anna and her ministry. Lord, thank you for the way that you lead us. And um, sometimes you lead us... Um, really clearly, and other times it's, it's uh, a little bit more mysterious. But in any case, Lord, our heart's desire, each one of us, Lord, is to walk in obedience to you, to follow your lead. And so I just love that about Anna, Lord. I love her, her determination and her willingness, Lord, to follow you wherever you go, even when it's not what she expected. Lord, I pray uh, for this opportunity to go to Ecuador this, uh, this fall. And for the next two years, um, Lord, um, we're going to stay in touch with this young lady. We're going to continue to support her and pray for her. Um, we want to be part of her team. And uh, we want to uh, stay connected, Lord, uh, both spiritually and relationally. And so, Lord, we lift her up right now. God, I pray that over the coming months, you would meet every need that she has uh, for financial support, and uh, all the plans for traveling would come together well, um, that you would be preparing her, Lord, not just um, financially, but spiritually, emotionally, Lord, that, that um, anything that you want to do, Lord, in Anna's life to prepare her for this opportunity to serve you, um, that you would see it done, Lord. And we just bless her, Lord, as our, as our dear sister and friend. We bless, Lord, her willingness to serve in missions. We bless her willingness to go on your behalf, and we pray, God, that you would use her in mighty ways, mighty ways, Lord, beyond what she's even asked or expected. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Thank you. And so we just are expectant, Lord, that you're going to use her in mighty ways, Lord. And I pray even right now for the children who are involved, Lord, and maybe even others, God, that you would be preparing the way right now by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Just go before her, and uh, so it would become just so obvious, Lord, to her when those opportunities arise, Lord, she can see your hand at work and be able to enter in to that moment and just be used by you for your purposes in this world, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We thank you that you are going to do this for her, Lord. Amen. Now, before you go, <laughs> just a practical question here. Go, you guys can be seated. Thanks for coming up to pray. Um, uh, you're raising support, right, for the next two years, and um, we have committed to come on board uh, to support Anna as she heads off to Ecuador, uh, and so we're committed to that as a church, but just because we love you and because you might have other needs beyond what we can provide for, share with everybody what, what your need is and uh, what you're aiming to raise uh, to, to su support your ministry over the next couple of years. Okay. Um, but to be honest, off the top of my head, I don't know all the details. Um, I have sent out some um, support letters and some to people in the church too, um, but also family and friends. And, um, and also I know we've talked about possibly um, having a time you know, here where um, I can share a little bit more and people can hear about more opportunities. 
um, to um, support. So more details to come. <laughs> I wasn't going to share, but then my wife's like, you got to share. And so I'll, I'll try to just be brief. So um, I was going to share something kind of related to my job. Um, I, after I graduated from MSU with an engineering degree, I got my dream job over in the Detroit area. And my wife and I were over there for like three and a half years. And we, I, I loved my job. It was cool. But then all, the, all of our relationships, family and friends, they were all in Lansing. <clears throat> so we would make a trek every weekend over here, and it got really tiring. And so I got to a point in my mind where I'm thinking, wow, all of our relationships are here. And it just seems like God wants us here. And that's my dream job. But and it paid well and everything, but like, Lord, you can provide a good job for, for us in Lansing, because you really, it seems like you really want us here. So <clears throat> um, we prayed about that, and, um, and the Lord just blessed it and gave me a job very quickly uh, at a factory here in South Lansing, and um, it was, it paid well. It wasn't my dream job, and I was working on the floor with some kind of rough characters in a shop environment, and they were really, really rough and really naughty. Um, and I realized, oh my goodness, this is like stuff I wouldn't want. I worked in road construction, and it was topped everything. I was like, whoa, I wouldn't want my sister or my mom or anyone to hear what I hear daily. Um, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And then there was kind of a little bit, uh, there was a union shop, and since I wasn't part of it, I'm kind of seen as maybe a little bit of an antagonist. I might not even agree with management's decision, but I'm the face of the management people. So um, that can be attention in addition. So it just wasn't a really pleasant environment. And I was really down early on, and it was about probably the time we started coming here. And I shared this with Kevin about that time. I was so down, and I was, I was emotionally just like, ah, oh, Lord, this, I, I so, there's sometimes regret feelings, but not, I never really, I knew it was still the right thing that we came, that I left that job and came here. And I knew God could change things even now, and he could use me in that situation, and though it felt like such darkness all around me. And it even turned into harassment, like particularly because they found out you're not participating in these naughty things because you're a Christian. So there was anti-Christian harassment from some of the shop guys. And I'm like, okay. And I realized sometimes that emotions, the only way to handle that was to just pray for them. Um, and God would help me to see things from his perspective and have mercy for them and, and really pity them. And uh, one night as I was driving home, I'm like, Lord, just encourage me. I don't even know what I need, but I really need encouragement. And so that night, I took my son. We were, clo were walking distance to a library, and we walked to the library. And he goes into the play area, and the library is about to close. And all of a sudden, he darts off into this side like activity room that you can rent, I think. I'm like, oh, man, i got to go chase him. So I go chase him in that room. And I no sooner pick him up and grab him, there's like a class going on in there, this tall African-American guy in a trench coat and a cowboy hat, he comes right up to me, and I just open up my eyes as I'm holding my son. He puts his hands on me and says, sir, I need to pray for you right now. And I'm like, I don't even know who this is. I just saw your face like one second ago. And he just began to just pray this really bold prayer of all these things that were in my heart. And just boom, 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 all these things. And I'm going, wow, this is really amazing. I don't know who you even are, and I have never met him since. Siron Williams or something, I think he said his name was. He's like, just moved here to town, and I, I just felt like God really wanted me to pray for you right now. And he asked me beforehand, can I pray for you? And I'm like, sure. And so that was really encouraging. <laughs> and uh, 
And I praise God over the course of that next year. Um, there were challenges, but God, I hope he was able to use me as a light to some people who really are in a dark place. And I don't even know how they get up every morning. And they, not only do they not love God, they don't love others, but I don't even think they love themselves. They don't even see the value of who they are. Otherwise, they wouldn't, they wouldn't behave and be the way they're being. Um, so I hope that I was able to be a light to them in that dark place, but I also still prayed for deliverance. And just this last week or two, God gave me a new position in the company that is just over the top, better than my dreams could ever imagine. So he delivered me from that situation. So I just want to say thank you, God, for that. And, that's fantastic thank you so much praise be to god hey there's a little theme going on here did you catch it i heard several people this morning talking about the opportunities that they've been given and the challenges that come with those opportunities to represent the lord in the world which is exactly what we've been talking about and working on together over the last several months. So personally, I'm really encouraged that the things that we've been talking about, learning about, studying together, um, you know, from, from God's Word, are, are finding application in your lives. And that whatever uh, group of people God has connected you with in the workplace or at school, wherever it might be, that you, many of you, are are stepping into those opportunities to represent Jesus and to speak for him and to share him with others. So I'm super excited about that. And I just want to close our time of uh, God stories with a prayer, a blessing over all of you, and uh, really a, a commission, if you will. Amen? Lord, thank you so much for these testimonies that we've heard this morning. It is so good, Lord, uh, to just take this time and hear from one another how you're at work in our lives. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to do that today and for the many who shared about your work in them and through them. And I'm, I'm particularly thankful, Lord, for this theme, Lord, that many shared of um, the opportunities that they've been given to speak for you and the boldness that they found to, to step up and, and step into those moments of opportunity to bear witness to who you are, to pray for others or to share with others. And so, Lord... I pray that you would continue that work in and through this body. Lord, our heart's desire is that, that this church would be a light to this community and that each one of us would be lights in the darkness of this community, Lord, that we would represent you well and that we would be ready and willing to speak for you. God, I pray that you'd continue to set us up with divine appointments and opportunities divine encounters, Lord, with people that are eager to learn, eager to hear, eager to, to see the reality of Jesus and his work in our lives. And Lord, we pray that those opportunities would increase. We pray that our effectiveness and fruitfulness in representing you and um, speaking of you would increase. I pray that we would be eager to pray for people, Lord, and to see you move in power to touch them and encourage them and bless them. And, uh, Lord, we just long to see um, greater and greater fruit, more and more lives touched and transformed by the grace of God. Let it be, Lord. Let it be. Send us out, ready to serve, ready to speak, 
looking for opportunities. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we stand and close our time in worship?